Your service matters. Whether you're in the military or you're a journalist or you're a teacher or a fireman, first responder, it matters when you serve. It's about a purpose-driven life. People wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? And I say, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? We all show some form of valor. Common people doing uncommon things. Loyalty, duty, honor, respect, selfless service, integrity, personal courage. They lay down everything to go to war for us so we can be free to sit here and talk this podcast. Why? Why did you do it? What impelled you to put aside the instinct for self-preservation and risk your lives? It was faith and belief. It was loyalty and love, clear convictions and beliefs. It's important in a democracy for us to know that freedom isn't free. The Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation is exactly the right name for that foundation to inform the American public about the ideals and the virtues and the heroism of people like Bob Feller. Bob Feller, he said, my one piece of advice is read our Constitution and run your lives according to the Constitution. We swear an oath to a document that stands for freedom, makes this experiment that we call the United States of America. We are not perfect, but we hold the moral high ground. We are trying to, in the words of our founding document, in order to form a more perfect union. There are going to be some tough calls to make the world safer, better, to represent those values. We can continue to make this world a much, much better place. Greetings. My name is Galen O'Dell, and welcome to the American Valor Podcast. On the American Valor Podcast, supported by the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, our goal is to educate and inspire with acts of valor that embody the traits which National Baseball Hall of Famer and United States Navy Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller lived by. Citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. On today's episode, I am joined by Ed Dooling, a Navy veteran and the CEO of Vanguard Healthcare Staffing, and Peter Fertig, the president and founder of the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. Ed, welcome to the American Valor Podcast, and Peter, welcome back to the American Valor Podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here with both you and Peter. Thanks, Galen and Ed. Uh, the honor's all mine. Alrighty, so Ed, to start us off, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Okay, it's a short, boring story, but I grew up in New York. My dad was a chief petty officer. I was born at St. Albans Naval Hospital, grew up in Long Island, and attended Villanova University on a Navy ROTC scholarship. From there, I started my professional career in 1990 in the medical industry. was a sales rep, sales trainer, sales manager, and head of sales and marketing for a company called Dianon Systems. We've been in the medical industry for 27 years and most recently worked with some partners and we raised private equity money with a firm called NEA. Since then, I've started a recruiting company, Vanguard Healthcare Staffing with my son, Stephen, and we're doing real well. We enjoyed a great deal and it's been very rewarding having an opportunity to work with family. Yeah, that's good to hear. So after graduating from 
Villanova. What made you decide to join the Navy? Well, I had a scholarship. As I mentioned, my dad was a chief petty officer in the Navy, and he encouraged me to look at scholarships, you know, to different schools. I had good grades, pretty well-rounded, participated in a lot of sports and extracurricular activities, and I was fortunate enough to win a scholarship. And, you know, once you get the scholarship into the ROTC program, about 50 universities throughout the United States participate in the Navy ROTC. So, I had an opportunity to apply to those universities, and if they accepted me, then I could go do ROTC at those particular campuses. So that's kind of how I got involved. Thank God I had my father to push and drive me. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have been where I ended up at Villanova and doing what I did. Peter tells me that when you were in the Navy, you served on the USS Iowa. What was it like to live and work on the Iowa? I loved it. I thought it was a phenomenal opportunity for a young man like myself to learn how to lead, manage, and motivate a team at a very young age. So it was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of hard work. You know, you got midnight duty from, you know, midnight to four in the morning. You've got qualifications you've got to make. You know, you've got to do inspections and all sorts of other good stuff. But it was a great opportunity. I had a wonderful time with the folks that I served with. The crew was top-notch. And, you know, I really enjoyed driving the battleship. And I was a gunnery officer, so I had the opportunity to shoot the 16-inch guns. So there was nothing more exciting than to do that. Just for the record, Bob Feller was a chief petty officer like my father-in-law, but he also shot 16-inch cannons like my brother-in-law, Ed. So fascinating correlation there. But, you know, what Ed fails to say, and I'll tell him straight up, is that he's an American hero. A lot of people don't remember what happened on the USS Iowa, where there was an accident. A good amount of service members were killed, and we didn't know what had happened to my brother-in-law. And thank God he came out okay, but it was a tough time for our country in, in a time of war. And Ed served honorably, and I've always looked up to him because of that. Oh, wow. I never knew that about the incident. What happened on the Iowa? Yeah, we had a uh, turret explosion in turret number two, which is the one that I used to serve in. So I knew a lot of the crew that passed away. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had ended up moving to engineering because with the junior military officers, they wanted to to do a split tour. So I served in turret two initially when I boarded the ship, and then they moved me to engineering. And, you know, like I said, Lost a lot of good people that day. We lost 47 shipmates, including a fellow JMO who relieved me, Phil Buck. So it was definitely a sad day, one that I'll never forget. And the crew rallied together to save the ship and also evacuate the gun turret as best they could. But yeah, there was an investigation that was conducted, actually several investigations. So it's tough to exactly pinpoint what happened. I think they were blaming it on old black powder or a ramming issue, but we lost 47 men that day. So it was just a sad event and unfortunate. And like I said, it's something that if you've never been through something like that, something you'll never forget. That's why I always viewed my brother-in-law as a hero. You know, to go through something like that is a tragic event, especially he was a part of that turret. He knew those folks that were in there and for him to have made it through And we didn't know for about four or five days if he was okay or not. So it was very troublesome back here. We were trying to figure out a lot that was going on. And uh, I'm glad it all worked out. But it was a very 
tough moment for our country at that time. And I thank God that Ed was okay. Ed, at the time of the accident, where was the Iowa station? Yeah, we were stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, but we were down in Vegas doing naval gunfire support exercises. And that's when the accident happened. And when we pulled in the port, I saw my wife and she informed me at that point in time that she was pregnant with our first son. So I just broke down in tears because it was just a very emotional thing. I'm sure it was. So after spending four years as an officer in the Navy on the USS Iowa, what did you decide to do after getting out? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, my career in the Navy was great. I had an opportunity to go to post-grad school and you know, I could have selected some different billets, but, you know, I decided to pursue a civilian career and I always wanted to get into sales. I think at some point, just, you know, my personality, pretty good networker, can't do a lot of things well, but the one thing I can do is network. So decided to pursue that avenue and it worked out well for me. I've had a successful career in the medical space, doing everything from a sales representative to CEO and raising private equity money. So it was a lot of fun. It was very rewarding. And there's nothing like starting your own company with your son or family and being able to teach and work with them and see the company thrive. That's a lot of fun as well. Yeah. And speaking of your company that you and your son founded, what is Vanguard and what made you guys decide to start the company? Well, as I mentioned, I'm a pretty good networker. So I had people that always been talking to me while I was in the medical business and saying, hey, you ought to start a recruiting company. You'd be phenomenal. So when I got out of working for companies, I figured I'd give it a shot. And thankfully, the company took off. And a lot of that had to do with the network I amassed throughout my career. So it was very rewarding to see friends and colleagues provide support to Vanguard and enable us to grow as quickly as we have. And Vanguard also helps hospitals find staff such as doctors and nurses that can be a good fit for a particular practice? Yeah, so we do recruiting across the healthcare spectrum. A lot of what we do is in the diagnostic space. You saw during the COVID crisis, laboratories like Quest, LabCorp, Bioreference Lab, several of them are our clients. We recruit for them, hospitals, nurses, you know, like I said, kind of the entire spectrum within the healthcare sector. So we do everything from C-level positions all the way down to entry-level positions and everything in between. So how has Vanguard made a difference to the coronavirus in these unprecedented times? Yeah, one of the things that I did in working with many of these different diagnostic laboratories is I saw that there was a need because I'd be talking with my mom or watching things on TV that there was not enough testing available. Well, I don't think that was the issue. I think people didn't know where to find the testing because I had a lot of clients that had capacity. So what I did is I started a COVID coalition and helped people find access to COVID tests. And the other big thing was put together an ability to enhance the supply chain. So I knew manufacturers and companies that I had worked with or spoken to that had swabs, viral transport media, PPE. So I was connecting those different brokers with the companies that needed those supplies in order to provide COVID testing throughout the country. As a former Navy officer and now 
a CEO of Vanguard. What is your definition of leadership? And also, do you ever tend to mix your leadership techniques that you may have learned in the Navy into how you lead Vanguard? Yeah, what I did in the Navy is exactly what I've done throughout my career. And I think that's why things have gone so well. I learned early on as a young ensign that the thing that you need to do is take care of your people and your people will in turn take care of you. So I always try to remember that in everything that I did, even in the private sector, you know, investing time, effort, and energy in the development of people is important, especially, you know, when you get to know them one-on-one, understand their goals and aspirations and try to help them attain those goals and dreams. How did you first meet Peter Fertig? Well, I don't know how, to, how it actually happened, but he ended up dating my sister. <laughs> so Peter was dating my sister back in high school. And one of the things that we had was a family boxing event oh, uh, for, for, for new boyfriends that ended up filling up. So Peter and I put the gloves on. Uh, needless, to say, experience. needless to say, it, it went well for me. I didn't think it went too well for Peter, but he's still, he's still around, still taking care of my sister. So we love him. Thanks, Peter. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed, I remember a story you told me when we first met how when you were at the annual award ceremony in D.C., and that was the year when Tommy Lasorda was getting nominated for the award, how after the ceremony, you guys were able to get into car mines with Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> how did that work out? Yeah, the restaurants had closed because the Act of Valor award ceremony had concluded around 10 o'clock, which is when the restaurants closed in D.C., and Tommy had one of his people call over to Carmine's and say, hey, Tommy Lasorda's in town. He's bringing a group of people over. Can you guys stay open a little late? And because it was Tommy, they, they said, of course. <laughs> so that was fortunate for us because I was getting hungry, and I'm sure Tommy was. But it was a wonderful night. Spent time with Mr. Lasorda, Bobby Valentine, and a host of others. So definitely a great event. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I'm sure that they weren't expecting a phone call from Tommy Lasorda saying, oh, hey, mind if you stay open for a little bit so we can grab something quick to eat? (laughs) Oh, they rolled out the red carpet for him. It was a good deal. They took good care of Tommy and us, which was nice. Awesome. Great. So speaking of valor, this is a question we often ask on the AVP. What does the word valor mean to you? I think valor is about having courage and putting your life on the line for others. And unfortunately, I had the opportunity to attend a funeral at Arlington National Cemetery when one of my fellow JMOs, Phil Buck, passed away in Turret 2. And just to see all the people that gave their lives for our country, it's just something that you know you, you really need to think about and reflect on, especially when we're going through times of crisis like we are today in today's society. But Now, at the end of the day, a lot of great people gave their lives for this country, and my heart goes out to their families. About a decade or so ago, I also had the opportunity to go to Arlington National Cemetery because one of my grandfather's good friends from the Air Force in World War II unfortunately passed away. It gives me assurance that their lives and the sacrifices they've made for our country will never be forgotten. And that's in large part to the Army doing a great job maintaining Arlington and making sure it's always in good condition. 
the memorials will always be there and people will recognize and honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Peter, as someone who knew Bob Feller personally and became inspired to create a foundation, what does the word valor mean to you? Valor means a lot of things to a lot of different people, but to Ed's point, the ability to have courage under fire, to give of yourself to the point of your life for everything that you stand for, like Ed and his shipmates and others that have served from you know, our revolution all the way through to today. Our service people need to be recognized for what they do because not too many of us have had that honor and privilege to step up and do what Ed and his fellow shipmates and soldiers and Marines and airmen and Coast Guardsmen do for our country. So having the courage to step forward into the line of fire, so to speak, to me, it doesn't get more noble than that. They don't choose to go. They're ordered to go. They have a relationship with the Constitution of the United States. It's not the person. It's not the office. It's to defend enemies, both foreign and domestic. So when they join and go forward, that's what they pledge to do. It's an allegiance to an indivisible nation. And they do it, you know, the best in the world, in my opinion. I agree wholeheartedly with what Peter said and thank him for putting the foundation together and thank everybody who takes care of the veterans. It's definitely something that's much needed. These people volunteered. You know, we have a volunteer military. They choose to join the military and defend our country and anything that we can do to help support them is phenomenal. So I thank Peter and his team for doing whatever they can to help the vets. And then we have one last question for you. So looking back on your career in the Navy and your career in the private sector, what's the best piece of advice you've received? I think the best piece of advice is, you know, life is full of ups and downs. Not everybody's life's perfect. Sometimes you're going to have obstacles in your life. Obviously, one of the big ones that we faced on the USS Iowa was the turret explosion. And it's how you rally together and how you overcome those obstacles and the character you have as an individual and as a group really, you know, it comes down to the attitude of the individual. And I always try to maintain a positive attitude. You know, are there going to be headwinds? Yes. But how do you overcome those obstacles and headwinds and become successful at the end of the day? And that's what it's all about is keeping a positive attitude and mindset giving your best in everything that you do and good things will happen for the most part. You know, that's been what I've done throughout my career. You know, hasn't all been full of roses, but you persevere and you adapt and good things do happen. So just keep your nose to the grindstone, stay positive and keep charging. Always forward. There you go. Yeah. And speaking from my own experience, Having that mindset, especially in trying times, is certainly helpful. Awesome. Well, Ed, thank you so much for coming on to the American Valor podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Peter, I appreciate it. It was good Thanks, to uh, chat with both of you. Appreciate you hopping on and appreciate all you do.
Thank you, Galen. Great job as always. This episode with Ed Dueling and Peter Fertig was brought to you by the Bob Feller Active Hour Award Foundation. Please leave your comments in the comment section below and connect with the Bob Feller Active Hour Award Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Hour Award. You can engage with the foundation at ActiveHourAward.org. There, you can learn more about Bob Feller, Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor Podcast, and more. For all of us here at the American Valor Podcast, I'm Galen O'Dell. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.